Welcome, everybody, to Connecting the Universe. I'm author and researcher Mike Ricksecker. We are back. Yes, we had the one week off there, one week hiatus while I was out in Los Angeles filming for, well, I can't really say. You'll find out in a few weeks here, and I'll go ahead and, and make the posts in the show will go on so uh but i can't really talk about it just yet very very cool stuff and i'm sure most of you are going to really enjoy it so i like what they did with this uh and so it's we'll be talking well we'll be talking a little bit about some of these subjects tonight actually as we get into the multiverse uh are we from some other universe are we from another universe which is kind of an odd question. Now, last week we were talking a bit about the future of humanity and our eventual need to get off the planet and go out to the cosmos to survive as a species. So some of the questions that were posed were, you know, did we come originally from another planet? Have we been survivors before? Did we come from another planet, another solar system, another galaxy? We're going to take it a bit further and go universe so before the show i did post this question which is what do you think another universe might look like which yeah i get is a little bit of a strange or an odd question you know wouldn't wouldn't another universe look like ours right you know if we're if we're talking par parallel universes and things like that We'll get into that in just a moment. Uh, but Sean, uh, Sean Coletta did post a question here. He asked, this is a question with innumerable answers, which is very true. I've always imagined that another universe would be similar to Star Wars. Many races of beings, advanced technology, and the ability to travel among the stars with ease. Good. I like that. I like that. The, uh, the Star Wars universe, which may actually happen in our universe, just not in our solar system at the moment uh, in another galaxy out there between their solar systems uh, they could have you know some some really good space travel between all of those systems and haven't been able to get outside their galaxy yet to to ours um, and remember star wars was a galaxy far far away so uh, so i like it i like the response so we're going to get into some of these different ideas uh, this evening go ahead and move that banner now now that uh more people have uh have shown up okay so the multiverse what exactly is that now those of you who have been following me for a while will know that or will remember that when i start bringing up the multiverse which we haven't really done a show completely dedicated on it because i've always taken the stance that you know the idea that you know every decision we make and this is you know, one of those theories for the multiverse the idea that every decision that we make spawns off a different universe it, you know given the myriad of decisions that you could make in a moment that each one of those decisions would be its own universe and spawn off its own universe somewhere so the idea that right now that i'm going to pick up a pin and show it to you is now a whole completely different universe than if I did not pick up the pin. And the problem I have with that is throughout the day, we make thousands and thousands and thousands of decisions. 
uh, you know, very, very minute like that. Uh, so for each one of those to spawn off its own little universe and take into account that everybody else is also making these very, very minute decisions like that, you know, close to what, 8 billion people now, um, the amount of universes that would get spun off every day is just unfathomable. So I have a hard time with that. And then others have tried to pare it down. Well, you know, it's only the major decisions that would spawn off a, a different universe. Okay, so what classifies a major decision and what doesn't? So, you know, I've always had a hard time with that. But the idea of there being physical multi-universes is something I'm willing to consider. And, um, you know, reading Michio Kaku's work, uh, theoretical physicist Michio Kaku, and I, I thought I had the book here with me, but apparently I don't. I must have left it out in the living room. His book, Parallel Worlds, really gets into that. So, all right, let's start taking a look at some of this. So here we go, the multiverse. Um, now, like I said, theoretical physicists, uh, many of them do actually believe in the idea of there being multiple universes out there, that there are these... Uh, uh, kind of quote is an ocean full of bubbles and each one of those little bubbles is its own universe and where we kind of know this from um is the uh wilkinson it, this is kind of a tongue twister wilkinson microscopic and anisotropy probe try saying that three times fast so it's a satellite that we put out there uh in the early 2000s it's really been superseded by the new uh, James Webb satellite. We'll talk about that here in a moment. Um, but the WMAP probe, uh, which is what they call it for short, basically it scanned the uh, the background radiation of the universe and gave us a lot of great uh, information about the history of our universe and the formation of it. And we're talking 20 years ago now, or almost 20 years ago that it was giving us this information. And you know, we we learned a lot from this. Uh, you know, we learned that the universe is expanding and replicating. So the idea that, uh, that our own universe is spawning off other universes. So that's where we get this idea of these different bubble universes that uh, each one can actually replicate itself and create another one of these little bubbles. Now, just very briefly, because we don't have any data from it yet, uh, what's going to give us an even deeper look at the origins and beginning of our universe is the new James Webb Telescope. And everybody's really, really excited about this. So uh, named after James E. Webb, he was the administrator of NASA from 1961 and 1968. Uh, he was very, very important. Uh, in the Apollo program. So this is, the name is to honor him. Uh, but basically this is an infrared telescope. So a little bit different than the uh, WMAP telescope, which was, uh, which was microwave. This one's infrared. And it's going to study the cosmic history of not just our solar system, but also uh, distant galaxies and the, the origins of, our universe. So it's going to be uh, studying the ultraviolet, uh, 
uh, invisible light emanated or emitted, I'm sorry, <laughs> emitted by the very first luminous objects. Uh, so this will be really, really interesting once we start getting data back from that and you know comparing it what we've to what we've learned from the WMAP probe, uh, what we may get you know as far as uh, you know, more data about the origins of our universe. You know, the WMAP probe you know, taught us a lot. You know, again, examining that background radiation, but it's still just kind of a, a faint, faint hint of it. So this diagram here, and maybe I should have brought uh, brought up another one, but on the left-hand side, and those listening to the podcast later, I know you can't see this. Sorry, you can come join us for the live presentation Wednesday nights, 8 p.m., connecteduniverseportal.com, uh, 30-day free trial. But that uh, that teal, blue, and yellow uh, imagery there on the left, that's basically the scan. This here shows uh, the, the way the WMAP probe works. But in any case, when we're talking about other possible universes out there. These would be actual physical universes, not the idea of, you know, another timeline has been separated off, you know, from ours, but in the same, you know, soup that created our universe, these others spawned off, or like we said, they could be replicating. And within that universe, it has its own its own physical property. So it has its own nuclear force, which is kind of interesting. So again, let's, let's bring up the, the image here. So imagine each one of these, you know, has its own little ecosystem going on inside. Now, some of these could have a weaker nuclear force embedded in it, which could possibly prevent the formation of stars. So it, the universe could get started and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the lights go out. It's completely dark because stars are never able to get formed. Or, conversely, it could have an even stronger nuclear force. And stars do get formed, but they burn out way too quickly. And the system never has enough time to be able to develop life. So, again, a, a kind of a dead system, short-lived one, uh, does exist for a little while and then burns out very, very quickly. Uh, also, the particles within these different universes uh, would also be different. You know, they would have uh, you know, a different amount, different kinds, and they would actually create new chemical elements. So our universe would be quite different, have many different physical properties, would not have all the same galaxies. Now, there, there would be other... Uh, universes out there that, uh, again, you know, stars do form, galaxies are formed, things like that, but it has a different chemistry about it, has a different makeup, and so it would look differently than ours. So there's not going to be, like, another Mike out there in one of these universes. There's not going to be another Nicole or, you know, who do we have in the house so far? So uh, Sean or Sarah, you know, not going to have, you know, another version of you playing out like a little bit of a different life, which is usually what we associate with parallel universes. We'll talk some more on that here in a little while, but we're talking an actual physical universe. 
Now, we've kind of hit that. How could we possibly, if we have our own universe that we're sitting in here, how could we possibly move between the universes? Is there a way that we could go visit one of these? And, of course, going back to the original question, are we from another universe? Again, last, not last week, but last time, you know, we talked about needing to eventually get off the planet. We need to, you know, find a new home at some point. And it's possible that we've already done that before. You know, this solar system that we're in right now, many theoretical physicists believe that this is kind of the, the second go around for this solar system, that it, you know, uh, it developed out of the stardust of a previous solar system. Now, whether, you know, did life exist in that previous solar system? Maybe the building blocks for life were in this one. So they could have come from another one. Or are we a surviving species from another galaxy that came from elsewhere? And additionally to that, if we're able to move between universes, are we a surviving species from another universe that needed to leave that one. Cause again, we talked about, you know, some of the, uh, some of these universes may be more short lived. So maybe life did begin in a particular universe. It was dying out quickly and maybe people needed to move. So how would we travel? Okay. Let's, let's take a look here. We have our, we have our multiverse. Well, the wormhole. Yes, we, we go right to wormhole. Of course, of course. Well, I mean, this is the theory that, that we're kind of working with and how to move within our own universe. So it stands to reason that we could use this same type of bridge to move between some of these different kind of quote-unquote bubbles. So you look at the, the bubble universes here. Now kind of imagine a tube, if you will, going from one to the other and connecting the two, again, using that Einstein-Rosen bridge. Now, what would that look like when we actually see it? And that's when we start talking about the like, spherical hole. So the idea that in, in 3D space, you wouldn't just see a circle sitting out there with kind of like this tube going beyond it, you know, somewhere, right? So usually when we think of a uh, you know, wormhole, we have that vision, that idea of a circle, the tube, you enter that circle, go through the tube to the other side. But what would that circle look like? Because a circle is a 2D object. Well, in a three-dimensional world, that would be a sphere. So going back to our universes here. So within these bubbles, you would essentially have this other bubble like that. And then the, the tube going between them. Somehow, some way, one of these days, I'm going to go ahead and create an illustration to connect these. So visually, it looks uh, a little better and maybe looks uh, a little bit more sense. So Sarah has a couple of questions here. Uh, 
you know, could universes be very similar due to quantum entanglement, like having a 10% difference? Well, if quantum entanglement could come into play, if we're talking about these universes replicating each other. So the WMAP showed us that that could be happening, where our universe could be uh, creating others. So it's possible that our universe could have some entanglement with one that we have created. Um, but ones that are created by other universes or other universes that are already out there aside from ours, they wouldn't have that sort of entanglement. And would it really would it really have that entanglement maybe on a quantum level? But if we're talking like almost like cell division or something like that, then those would be two separate entities. So I mean it's all it's all very, very theoretical, of course. So okay. So we're talking multiple universes physically out there that have a variety of different properties. Connecting to them through wormholes, Einstein, Rosen, Bridge. So what about the possibility that we've already maybe be, been connecting to some of these? I mean, we do postulate that... Um, you know, we've had stargates, portals, these sorts of things connecting possibly to other areas of the universe, perhaps another galaxy or something like that. Maybe the ancients you know, knew how to use these different things. Of course, you have the ancient alien theorists that jump on that bandwagon. So let's take a look at it real quick. I'm not going to get too deep into this because we have covered this in a number of different ways before. So we're going to look at the Egyptian stargaze before. So we've covered covered this before in a lot in a lot of our Egypt material. But we'll do it real briefly here. So this is you see right in the dead center the hieroglyphs for uh, the Stargate. And at Hatshepsut's temple, this is a building in which uh, the Holy of Holies straight back, many do consider a Stargate. You see uh, on the outside of it, uh, the Stargate hieroglyphs, the way the snakes were presented, which they've been recarved into uh, other animals. Uh, well, they're, they're recarved into falcons now, but they had been snakes, which represented the energy going straight back into the Holy of Holies. And then off on the left-hand side, there, there are the ruins of a pyramid. And if you adhere to the idea that many of these pyramids were actually actually power plants, you know, Christopher Dunn's Giza pyramid theory, if not just the pyramids at Giza, but other pyramids throughout Egypt had been used as power plants, then kind of even more adheres to the idea that, okay, you have the temple, you have the Stargate, and then you have the pyramid here that is powering the Stargate. And that could possibly be opening up one of these wormholes 
to take you to not just a, another galaxy or another planet within our universe, but possibly even other universes as well. We'll toss up a couple others here. So uh, other areas around the world, and this is from uh, you know the Stargate uh, class that we did, I think it was probably back during the summer. So little review, but um, you know, we have some, some new people around as well. So introducing some of these ideas. So this is a Maromuru in Peru near Lake Titicaca. Uh, Lake Titicaca is amazing because on either side of this thing, you have a Peru side, you have a Bolivia side, and they each have their different representations of Stargate. This is uh, the niche in the middle there is six and a half feet tall. This is pre-Inca. Uh, the local legends speak of people disappearing through the doorway. And they've also seen uh, such things as a tall man accompanied by glowing balls of light walking through the doorway and this sort of thing. Uh, so this is known as the gate of the gods. This is a stargate, a, a portal that, you know, does it function today? Does not seem like it functions today although you do have these different stories and legends of people passing through there but if you were to walk up to it right now you would probably just be standing in that little niche and not disappear through it but long long ago uh it's believed that this was a portal into a another dimension or another another world another universe perhaps so that is the gate of the gods on the other side of the lake in Bolivia, you have the Gate of the Sun. Uh, this is uh, at the site of Tiwanaku. Uh, some suggest that the carvings at the top represent a calendar. However, there are only 290 days on it. So we're not really sure on that possible idea because the... Uh, the calendar systems there in South America, the ancient calendar systems were extremely, extremely accurate. In fact, more accurate than ours. Uh, so the idea of that possibly being a uh, calendar yeah, might be incorrect. Uh, and then there's the question, did it align with a planet or a constellation? And apparently my camera got lost. Okay, that's fun. And that's the wrong camera. Strange. Okay. You know, had issues last night during the Edge of the Rabbit Hole show. And it looks like some of that's going to be happening again. Again, it's that that crazy USB hub down there. So, okay. So, these are some of the different examples and ideas of... Uh, stargates and portals on earth that could be connecting to some of these different universes uh we don't know for sure right now maybe we'll find that information of uh of how these things actually operated and where they actually went to so let me i'm gonna put that up real quick i need to reset the camera here doing that uh, crazy, the same crazy thing it did last night. So I do apologize here, folks. We are going to fix this and get rolling again because we have some other topics to go ahead and cover. 
Uh, we'll have some fun stuff come up here in just a moment. So, uh, and Sarah wondering uh, about concept of doppelgangers. We'll get to some of that sort of stuff here in a little bit. Uh, I think people kind of misunderstand what a uh, real doppelganger is. And I've tried to, in my book, A Walk in the Shadows, uh, tried to clarify that. And this camera is not coming back up properly. So, all right. So I'm going to move on from that at the moment. We're going to move on to the, the Mandela effects. So this is, this is some fun stuff here. I, I have a fun time talking about this, and we really haven't gone into it uh, in a while. So the Mandela effect, uh, this phenomenon, it gained its moniker back in 2009. Uh, paranormal researcher Fiona Broom shared at a convention how she had mistakenly thought South African political leader Nelson Mandela had passed away during his imprisonment in the 1980s. After that conference, many others that were there, many of the attendees, shared with her that they also had that same memories, including uh, news coverage, his widow's speech, things like this. And so Ms. Broom kept kept going with the research, find, you know, try to figure out, okay, how many other people have had, you know, this sort of, of memory? And, you know, Nelson, Nelson Mandela didn't pass away until 2013. So in, in 2009, during this presentation, uh, you know, she thought that he had already passed. He was actually still alive at the time. And, uh, you know, it was four years later when he actually passed away. Now, I've actually had, I, I remember that, not her presentation or anything like that, but I had similar memories of, you know, I, I believe that he had passed away during the 80s, you know, and I was just a kid back then. So you could say, yeah, maybe it's a little fuzzy or something like that. But, you know, I seem to distinctly have, you know, memories of hearing that he had passed away. Not so much seeing the news coverage, but just kind of knowing of it. Okay. Interesting. Uh, so this has become known as the Mandela effect, where uh, large numbers of people seem to have the same memory of an event. But you look into history, and that event didn't happen like that. It is it is different. And so this gets into the idea of, of parallel universes in the more kind of supernatural sense in which um, you know, one universe has spawned off from the other, kind of that thing that I was talking about at the beginning where I have a hard time getting on board with. And we'll talk about the irony about that in just a moment, but let's have a little fun here for, for just a moment. Toss some of these things up as we kind of get into this idea of uh, multiple timelines and different dimensions and things like that. All right, so this is from Snow White. Everybody recognizes the mirror. So the question is, you know, what does the evil stepmother say when she walks up to the mirror? You, you remember it as mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all, right? That's the way I always remembered it. 
but that's actually not the case. Let's see if, uh, if anybody commented down here. I'm not seeing comments directly on that. But uh, but it's actually Magic Mirror on the wall who is the fairest of them all. So, you know, the question then becomes, okay, what's going on if more people remember it as Mirror Mirror than Magic Mirror? Are we all just misremembering somehow together? Is this like a group psychosis thing? Take a look at another one. Like again, like I said, again, these some of these are kind of fun. Okay, so there's the Oscar Meyer. So Oscar and then Meyer, M-E-Y-E-R, and Oscar, M-A-Y-E-R. So M-E-Y-E-R, M-A-Y-E-R. Which one? Which one is it? I'll let you guys look at that for a second. Because people remember it one way or the other. Well, the correct spelling is actually with the E. M-E-Y-E-R. But yeah, a lot of people remember it with the A. Um, personally, I don't distinctly remember it one way or the other. You know, I, maybe I wasn't a big bologna or hot dog fan. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, but I don't recall it either way. But a lot of people swear that they remember it with an A rather than an E. And there's several of these. So then there's Fruit Loops. So is fruit spelled? F-R-U-I-T or F-R-O-O-T. And again, people remember it both ways. So which is the correct way? Give you guys a minute here. And the correct is O-O. F-R-O-O-T. That one I always remembered with O-O-T. But there are people that believe it, uh, that do remember it with U-I-T rather than OOT. So, and there's other ones that are like this. Um, yeah, I've got a whole video out there on the Hunter Road Media channel that goes over several of these, um, but I really dive into, on that particular video, when the Mandela effect happened to my mother and I. And again, with this, you know, people that are skeptics of it will say, you know, it's more of like a, a cultural thing or a group psychosis thing or, or what have you. But with this particular one, now, I really have to question it because, you know, when I stumbled across this issue, there were several people that had reported this over, I mean, everybody was in different places. I mean, you had people out of the country uh, in, in different areas of the world that remembered this differently. And that was with a particular movie called Soul Survivor. Now, I didn't know that it was called Soul Survivor when I went looking for it. My mother and I, this was probably like six years ago now, we were uh, sitting down at the kitchen table and you know, we, we just kind of uh, were talking about, a, we're just kind of rehashing some stuff and, uh, from the past and mentioned this movie that we had seen uh, long ago. We remembered it because it had the ghosts that played baseball. This was a... Uh, sort of a war movie, although there were no battles or anything like that. Um, but it was a World War II airplane that had gone down in the desert and they were trying to recover the plane. You had the ghosts there, the ghost of the, the men who had crashed. 
and they would play baseball. And that's how we always distinctly remembered this movie. Um, but there are several, several aspects of this movie that it, so let me back up here a bit. So we couldn't remember the name of it. Um, and so, you know, we talked about some of the different details and, you know, we're like, yeah, it was an old black and white movie, probably from like the 1950s. Going to have to go back and um, you know, try to dig it up because can't remember the name of it. So that night, you know, get on my computer. I start Googling and I can't find the dang thing. I'm digging, I'm digging, I'm digging. All of a sudden I start coming across these different forums where other people are having the same problem trying to find the movie. And it's because of some of these details that, of the way we remembered the movie that don't exist. Like we remembered it as you know, an old movie, probably the 1950s, it was black and white, um, you know, and these sorts of things. Well, it come across details for a movie, Soul Survivor, like I said, where it's a color movie, it's in the 1970s, William Shatner's in it, um, you know, and this sort of stuff. And so I, I had that by my mom i'm like i you know i can't find the movie we we're talking about you know here are some of these details and again other people are kind of arguing back and forth as to how they're remembering it what the movie actually is all this sort of stuff and so you know this is the way we remembered it black and white but it is actually a color movie and what was nuts about it is you know, finally, I just decided to, I, I rented the movie or whatever on, um, I think it might have been Amazon or something like that. And I'm watching it. And I'm like, some of it seems familiar. William Shatner was in this thing. And I'm like, I do not remember William Shatner in here at all. Um, you know, it's, it's going, it's like the whole time it's like, eh, I don't really know. I don't really know if this is it. Finally, it comes to a point where one of the, uh, deceased guys makes a comment because he had been over by the the tents of the living people who are you know trying to recover the plane and he was listening to a ball game so he comes back and uh the guys asked him so how's the ball game it was like oh the ball game was good but i don't understand how brooklyn is now in los angeles you know he he was not the smartest guy was thinking like they moved the whole city of Brooklyn to Los Angeles, you know, the Dodgers where, you know, it was just the team. And I distinctly remembered that line from that movie. It was like, Oh my God, this is that movie. So how in the world is it that, you know, if this is just people misremembering stuff, you know, myself, my mother, all these other people from across the world, remembering it the same exact way that we had, but it's not that way now. So this kind of adheres to that idea Long story short, too late. And here's the, that, that idea that there's something unusual going on within the universe that is it these different parallel universes. And we're finding ourselves within one of those branches of a parallel universe that has been split off. Which again, I have a bit of a hard time with. Or has something happened where people have gone back into time and have monkeyed around with something to cause some of these different discrepancies where something's changed in our past now so therefore you know our our reality gets skewed so we may have experienced something so we have that memory up there 
but something in the timeline got changed and therefore the records no longer there the records are now different and so if you go to look back at it it's not different because something in the past got changed as well so as we get into the idea of time travel along with this so anytime we start talking interdimension interdimensional type of travel playing around with the timeline these sorts of things we have to talk time travel um we were talking einstein earlier so einstein had this idea with his space time continuum and it's many of you are familiar with my stack time theory i kind of threw that together started coming up with ideas for you know 15 years ago or so along the way i started calling it stack time theory the idea that you have uh you know that time uh past present future all existing at the exact same time it's not a river it's all concurrent so take a place where you are at like where i'm sitting right now and everything that has happened is happening and will happen right here is existing and it's just being able to it's just a matter of accessing those certain points. And so every once in a while, we get a glimpse of that, like a time slip or, or what have you. And in a video I put together, uh, a couple of videos I put together some years ago, I used a stack of photographs. So there's some TV special that a couple of years ago um, you know, came out with this Einstein little mini documentary and it gets into one of the things it covers is his idea of of space-time continuum and so it's hard to tell from this particular photo this is einstein kind of sitting at his desk where you see that cube that's there and what's happening within that cube um, are a couple of objects that are falling um, but they're all kind of kept within that same frame that same box um, and so, oh, it's a couple of dice. Okay, so here's the other, the other picture. So you got the camera. It's kind of the same idea. There's the camera, and each one of these slides is, uh, you know, is a shot of the dice falling. And so the idea, all of those happening at the same time, and you can just kind of pick a moment uh, and be able to access it. So that's the idea of the stack time theory. Again, at the time, I had no idea that. Einstein was already on that road 100 years ago, but uh, but there you go. And then we see things like time slips, uh, like the Versailles time slip, where basically two middle-aged women, uh, Eleanor Jourdain and Annie Moverly, they're walking through the Palace of Versailles when they started noticing that other people around them were suddenly dressed differently and uh, quite similar to... Uh, people during the french revolution and they would have been walking through there like i think it was like 100 years after the fact from the from there um so so this happens as well where you may get a glimpse of something that is it, it's it's not a ghost um it's actually a moment in time there that, that you're actually witnessing and it's playing out before you and now what we would you know typically call a residual haunt it's one of those where it's a moment where 
as you're looking into that moment that the others are looking back at you as if you're the ghost. So how might that happen in something like, because, you know, this is a, uh, a class on the multiverse. This is one that does kind of adhere more to the idea of, is there a parallel universe playing out that, you know, is it not necessarily just that we're looking into the past? Are we actually getting a glimpse of another universe? If it's not, this is another idea that's out there as well. If it's not all these different bubbles that are kind of out there, and this depiction shows them all next to each other, are all of these dimensions and universes, are they all on top of each other? right here, right where we're sitting, right where we're standing. And it's just a matter of getting the right frequency, the right resonance to be able to access it and see it to the white, the right wavelength. So um, just taking a look at some of your comments here. Um, I think there's a, some of these comments are for, and questions are from earlier. Um, so like Sarah here, if universes are spawned fractally, is there a connection due to quantum superposition? Um, there would be if they're spawned fractally, but we don't have a way to really, I guess, prove that they are being spawned fractally. Um, you know, I, I think that's something that, cause the, the way they kind of show this, the way that, uh the universe is already getting spawned you know out of another it's uh, it's kind of more globular in nature so like uh you know almost kind of that cell separation you know the two kind of two things splitting apart from one another so uh you could have or even you know like there's a, a little mini explosion and all of a sudden that bubble bursts out it's not necessarily a fractal of the original. If it was a fractal, then this is something that would perpetually be the same thing infinitely on and on and on and on. It's still possible. Um, and there are a lot of people who have done fractal research, research, which is quite interesting. But that might be something that the James Webb Telescope kind of will give us more of a glimpse at. And right now, we're really just kind of at the beginning of this research because we're just... 20 years may seem like a long time to us. And there was another, um, I'm trying to remember the name, but there was another satellite that was launched uh, prior to that. I think it was early 90s. that gave us kind of like a real fuzzy image of that, that background noise in the universe. So, you know, as we move forward, we're getting a better, better glimpse of it. Um, and again, it seems like 20 years, 30 years might be a long time time but really this is we're just in the very beginning of all this very early stages um this is all really new we're still sifting through the data and trying to make sense of it you know the fact that we are you know this far down the road and still kind of coming up with some new ideas as to how all of this works is is amazing and now once we start getting more data from the uh james webb satellite we're going to have even more to work with so that's going to be fantastic so, all right. So as we kind of move forward, uh, Sarah, you asked about you know, doppelgangers earlier. Um, so 
we have these wormholes if we have the if we have this time travel going on um do we have time travelers moving through wormholes do we have you know interdimensional beings and extraterrestrials moving through these wormholes into our universe from one universe to another is this something that we have done before you know we go back to these ideas of um you know these these ancient sites like this you know this is just something carved out of the the side of a mountain you know it's it's carved out of rock you know did we perhaps arrive here not in you know if we are from another planet did we arrive here perhaps not from a spaceship but did we arrive here through some sort of wormhole or portal from sure you could suggest some other place in the universe or did we come here from some other universe itself because we see and we witness a number of different beings uh in our planet or on our planet so some of them are you know sure we see we see ghosts and things like that but some of these are uh you know interdimensional beings some of these are extraterrestrials they could even be one of the same thing an extraterrestrial could be an interdimensional being something that has you know accessed our plane of existence from some other plane of existence and so you know when we start talking about you know another dimension somewhere yes again that could be you know, right where we're sitting because there are plenty of things that are happening and occurring around us that we can't see with our own eyes because our our eyes only see a certain limited amount of the light spectrum so what else is there going on around us that we can't possibly see so a lot of these things could already be existing around us but then we have these travelers as well and so i think i threw this up there the the uh the last class the the et with the with the mug of coffee so um you know maybe we brought the idea of coffee with us but um so yeah did they travel here through uh, a wormhole if if these beings are from another dimension or some other place in space time you know are they traveling here from another universe it's something we don't you know, we don't know for sure you know it, we do know at least we have ideas theories right that okay extraterrestrials interdimensional beings they are traveling here from somewhere most of them again some are right here with us we just can't see them many of them are traveling here from somewhere else and we have all these uh you know, unidentified flying objects or uap now is what they're starting to call them so we know these different things are out there traveling here somehow physically but also interdimensionally we don't know their origins precisely you know probably not you know is there a colony on the back side of the moon okay you know we could speculate that the front side of the moon okay we know that's not coming from the front side of the moon because we can see that <laughs> um but more likely from some other place in the galaxy rather than our own solar system. But I like the idea from another one of these physical universes as well, traversing into ours. So, oh, this is what I wanted to bring up. Okay, so the, the Conjuring House. So I'm bringing this up real quickly because Andrea Perrin and several others that, that I've heard talk about when they have experienced supernatural phenomenon. You know, whether that is a ghost or some other various types of entities 
shadow person, shadow smoke, um, something unseen, but something's going on in the room. Uh, a lot of people have described the experience like they're trapped in some sort of bubble and that time and space have seemed to have slowed down. And I find that description very interesting, that they feel like they're trapped in some sort of bubble. You know, we can go back to what we were talking about before, you know, with, you know, the spherical hole of, you know, what a wormhole would really be, that it looks like a bubble. And you enter that, you go through the, the wormhole, and you have this idea, again, of the bubble universes. So when that sort of phenomenon happens and you have that space-time seem to slow down and it feels like you are in that bubble, is perhaps, or are you perhaps experiencing one of these portals, one of these wormholes that, I don't know what the key would be to be able to access it and travel, but is that what going is is that what is going on? Are these beings in that moment, you know, like at this house, you know, was that wormhole, was that portal opening up, and these beings coming through, and the girls that were there were feeling that energy of the moment within the bubble and you know they stayed there they were in the house but if they knew like these other entities how to be able to utilize this sort of technology would they have been able to travel on to wherever these beings had come from i think it's kind of an interesting concept to think about so it takes me to my last story, and I'll get to some of your, uh, if you guys have any additional comments or questions here, I'll, I'll get to those in just a moment. Um, it takes me to my last story, which I think I've talked about. I've talked about in brief a little bit here. I'm going to be talking about it a little bit more as we go on, because it's going to be a part of the uh, beginning of the second season of The Shadow Dimension, which I'm like in the very, very early phases of developing and getting together. I wish I had had more done by now, but this lot of stuff's been going on. And that was a past life regression that I had with Ariana Corsino last, was that last May? Um, it was before I went to Egypt. I know that. And part of the past life regression was, well, really it was a hypnosis session. So, the beginning of it was a past life regression. And then the second part of it was examining a, a number of other different things. And one of the things that I had wanted to learn about in this hypnosis session was my first significant shadow person experience when I was about eight years old. That one where I woke up in the middle of the night and the thing was standing in the corner of my room. And I wanted to know more about who or what this thing was. Because, you know, from my experience, you know, the thing came up to my bed. I'm trying to scream. You know, you guys know the story. I'm trying to scream. Nothing's coming out of my mouth because I'm just too frightened. Leans over. I'm looking up into the face. No eyes, no nose, mouth. You guys know the story. 
and grabs me by the wrist, cross my arms across my body, and runs off down the hall. So what happened? What was this thing? Now, for our discussion, there's some different elements to this story, but for our discussion tonight, one of the things that was asked during this hypnosis session was, where do you come from? And the response was, I come from another space. It's kind of an interesting answer. So the return question was, do you mean another dimension? And the response was, well, you might call it another dimension, but really it's another space. And I find that, I find that term space used here very, very interesting. Um, you know, because we've been talking interdimensional beings and moving in on to another plane of existence sort of thing. So space can have a, a number of different uh, connotations behind it. You know, we could be talking, we could be talking about another dimension. We could be talking about another space as in, heck, a room somewhere else on the planet. But we could be talking about somewhere else out in space. That's another way to look at it. And then there just could be things beyond, beyond our imagination that this thing could have been referring to. And in our discussion tonight, it could be talking about, you know, a different universe that, you know, beyond the scope of our own universe, there could be these other universes out there and perhaps it knows how to travel between them and access ours. So just kind of a little food for thought. I'm going to take, uh, take a look at your questions and comments down here. Um, Sarah seems to indicate the next universe is in the theories of the afterlife, whether it's through heaven or reincarnation cycle. Well, I, I believe in, in reincarnation. So that, and that whole idea there, when we're talking like afterlife, reincarnation, what's beyond, um, that itself really is some sort of other dimension, some other, some other level of resonance, you know, when, when we pass and we're no longer part of the living, we're not accessing the physical aspects of the universe. And we would not be accessing really the physical aspects of other physical universes out there. But could we access them on different levels? So like coming back here, visiting loved ones, that sort of thing, maybe having a tour or what have you, um, you know, would we... Uh, go and visit the stars, visit the heavens, go check out the planets, that sort of thing, um, which would be in, those things would be in a physical dimension, but ourselves would be on, you know, some other level, some other vibrance, some other resonance, uh, some other frequency to be able to move around. And so would that make it easier for us to go ahead and, and visit other dimensions and these sorts of things? So, um, all right. So then there's also the, I guess the last, well, I don't want to say last question because there are 
tons and tons of questions that we could get into about this sort of thing. But if we were to learn how to access these other universes through wormholes and what have you, what kind of ramifications would that have? So take a universe that has different physical properties than ours, because we talked about um, you could have the different nuclear forces in other universes. They could have different particles, uh, you know, so they would have a different you know, uh, physical structure, different chemicals. They might not even have oxygen over there to breathe. So, you know, if you were to move through one, one of these different wormholes and come out on the other side into this other universe, what might happen to you when you access it? You know, would you just, I mean, you, it's possible your body could be ripped apart. You could be crushed. You could just die from lack of oxygen. So what we would probably do, and you see this in the movie Stargate, was we would probably send a probe through, get an idea, get a look as to what's on the other side before we would make those decisions about going through ourselves which then leads you to question, okay, so are a lot of these UFO and UAP sightings, you know, are they probes that have been sent to us? Are some of these entities we see that just come off kind of, you know, very vague, very shadowy, even, you know, the idea of the grays, you know, could be some sort of biological entity type of a probe because they all look the same, right? A lot of these shadows look the same. Now, there's, there is an idea that, you know, they are not themselves a sentient being, but a type of, of probe or clone or something that has come into this world to watch, observe, get information, and determine who or what is here. And is it a habitable location? Is it a, uh, is it a world in which those entities would be able to come here safely? So, uh Sean saying perhaps multiple universes are occupying the same space, but at slightly different moments in time, which would explain the deja vu premonitions and possibly what we perceive as ghosts. And I think that has a lot to do with like the different, um, when I get into the different ideas of, of time travel, the way time works and time slips and things like that. Um, I think that's what's happening there. And when we access those different things, we get glimpses of it. Um, I believe it's because each each moment kind of has its own own frequency, its own resonance about it. And when we get those glimpses, for whatever reason, two moments in time happen to be resonating at the same frequency for just a moment, and we get a quick glimpse of it before it dissipates and goes away. Um, kind of like even with with ourselves, you know, the human body has a certain frequency range in which it resonates but it's all a little different for each person. And then when, you know, like, for example, uh, several of us seen the same apparition of a little girl, five of us there, we all saw her a little bit differently. Well, we each have our own personal resonance and vibration. And the little girl who, you know, was shadow smoke that morphed into an apparition, she had her own resonance as well. So, you know, it kind of depends on how our personal vibration 
uh, interacts with hers. And we all did on a little bit of a different level, which is why we all saw her a little bit differently. Like some saw her fully formed from her head down to about her knees and dissipated away, which is the way I saw it. Others fully formed at the feet and kind of up. And then she disappeared around the head. So um, definitely more things, Sean, there for, for us to explore that we're going to uh, be getting into within these classes. So, all right, everybody, thank you for uh, for joining us for this interactive class here in the Connected Universe Portal. ConnectedUniversePortal.com for those uh, who are listening to us on the podcasts later. Uh, but come join us for the live presentation. Uh, you get to ask your questions right here. Of course, you get you know, all the all the slides. Sometimes we roll some video clips, all that wonderful stuff. Plus, as a member of the Connected Universe Portal, you get all the great information, uh, videos, articles, all those things on the back end as well. So really appreciate it tonight. Again, um, you know, sorry about last week. Those things happen. Next week, though, I do need to tell you uh, we're going to be going live on Thursday instead of Wednesday because I, I double booked for next Wednesday night. Uh, for some reason, it, it's the schedule got a little... Uh, Got a little messy, and so we'll have the Connecting Universe Portal or the Connecting the Universe class on the Connecting Universe Portal next Thursday, same time, 8 o'clock, instead of next Wednesday, and then the following week we'll go back to our regular schedule. So sorry for all the mix-up here the last couple of weeks. but um, And yeah, when that show airs here in a few weeks, I will let you guys know uh, exactly when that is at, where you can watch it. In, in what I'll be talking about. <laughs> All right, everybody, have a great night. Till next time, if time really exists. <laughs>